my name is uh, Baek Jin Hyun. I'm judge at International Tribunal for the Law of Sea. Uh, today I'm pleased to give a lecture about maritime boundary delimitation. Let me start with some background. Uh, one of the most important developments in Law of Sea over past five or six decades was the multiplication of the number of national maritime zones and increase of uh, extent of such zones. When the Second World War was over in 1945, the legal order of the sea was rather simple. Territorial sea was the only national maritime zone and its breadth was uh, more or less three miles. However, there has been substantial changes since then, and now we have various maritime zones, such as contiguous zone, continental shelf, and exclusive economic zone. Their scope has expanded to, for example, coastal state is uh, now allowed to extend its territorial sea up to 12 miles, exclusive economic zone up to 200 miles, continental shelf even beyond 200 miles, up to the outer edge of continental margin in some cases. One of the consequences of uh, such extended maritime jurisdiction is the overlap of maritime zones between neighboring states with opposite or adjacent coast. Therefore, the needs for delimitation of boundary between them. According to surveys by various institutions, uh, there are about uh, uh, 400 plus ALPA places around the world where national maritime zone of one state overlaps with that of another state. Out of those 400 plus ALPA places of overlaps, uh, only in about one-third of places maritime boundary have been delimited, which means that uh, uh, landmore maritime boundary have to be delimited in the future. Why boundary should be delimited? I think boundary is needed to avoid any dispute or uncertainty over who has the right, uh, who has a right to explore and exploit natural resources, for example. I think boundary is needed to know exactly uh, where each country can exercise its uh, sovereign right in the area of overlap. Uh, uncertainty over exact extent of national maritime zone uh, can be a source of dispute and an obstacle to the optimal utilization of natural resources. Therefore, boundaries needed to avoid such dispute or uncertainty. Then the question is, uh, what is international law on boundary delimitation? Now i like to address this question. Let me first deal briefly with delimitation of territorial sea and then uh, in much more detailed way uh, delimitation of continental shelf and exclusive economic zone. In the case of boundary delimitation of territorial sea, there are some conventional rules. 
For example, Article 12 of 1958 Territorial Sea Convention and Article 15 of UN Convention on the Law of Sea, which are in substance identical. These provisions have three elements. First, delimitation by agreement between parties. Uh, second, failing agreement, median line, in other words, line which is equidistant from the nearest points uh, on the baseline from which the breadth of territorial sea of each of two states is to be measured, will be drawn. And third, special circumstances or historic title, uh, when there is a special circumstance or historic title, the median line does not apply and another line may be drawn. So obviously these three elements, uh, boundary by agreement, median line, uh, special circumstances, are basic elements of conventional rules provided in Article 12 of uh, 1958 Convention and Article 15 of UN Convention on the Law of Sea. Uh, what about state practice? Uh, state practice uh, is various. Uh, in some cases, uh, median line or equidistance line uh, was employed. Uh, in some other cases, uh, another uh, line was drawn. For example, a line drawn perpendicular to the general direct direction of the coast or a line of latitude uh, passing through the terminus of land boundary. Uh, so obviously, uh, state practice in this regard uh, uh, varies, uh, very, uh, is uh, various enough to uh, say that uh, there is no general rule uh, in this regard. However, um, um, I can say that uh, looking at uh, conventional rules uh, for the delimitation of territorial sea, uh, we can say that uh, uh, median line or equidistance line is a uh, 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 line uh, which can give uh, preference. Uh, in other words, equidistance method uh, in delimiting territorial sea boundary is a preferred or preferential method. Of course, uh, this line uh, can be modified or even completely discarded uh, later uh, by the presence of special circumstances. But at least uh, at the initial state, uh, uh, state may start with the uh, uh, equidistance line or median line under the formula, this conventional formula, uh, which may be modified later. Now, uh, let me move to uh, delimitation of continental shelf. Delimitation of continental shelf uh, is much more controversial and difficult uh, question uh, than delimitation of territorial sea, uh, partly because the area, the area subject to delimitation is much more extensive, uh, uh, therefore, uh, involving a lot more complicated issues. Uh, continental shelf 
uh, can extend at least up to 200 miles. Uh, therefore, compared to 12-mile territorial sea, this is much more uh, extensive uh, jurisdiction and uh, boundary uh, delimitation of such zone, uh, in fact, uh, can give rise to a lot more issues than uh, in the case of territorial sea. Uh, it is much more difficult and complicated uh, also because the conventional rules for the delimitation of continental shelf are much more uh, ambiguous uh, than uh, those on territorial sea. Now, let me briefly uh, take a look at the conventional rules in this regard. Uh, the first conventional rule uh, which dealt with delimitation of uh, continental shelf was Article 6 of 1958 Con Continental Shelf Convention. Uh, uh, there are again uh, three elements in this provision. The first is uh, the boundary of continental shelf shall be determined by agreement between states concerned. The second in the absence of agreement, the boundary shall be determined by application of equidistance principle. Third, however, if there exist special circumstances, another boundary is justified. Uh, in fact, this formula is almost identical with the formula of rules for territorial sea, which we have just dealt with. In other words, agreement, median or equidistance line, and special circumstances. Uh, therefore, uh, we can say that under Article 6 of 1958 Convention uh, on Continental Shelf, uh, just like in territorial sea, median or equidistance line may be preferred or preferential line, if not uh, uh, general rules or principle for delimitation. Now, uh, let me move to uh, uh, 1969, uh, by now a very famous case uh, decided by uh, International Court of Justice, uh, that is uh, North Sea Continental Shelf. Uh, in this case, the International Court of Justice, for the first time, directly dealt with the uh, question of uh, boundary delimitation of continental shelf. The case was submitted uh, between, uh, by uh, Federal Republic of Germany, on the one hand, and Netherlands and uh, Denmark, on the other. Uh, the key case, one of the key questions in this case was uh, the legal, customary legal status of Article 6 of Continental Shelf Convention. Uh, Netherlands and Denmark were parties to this convention. Uh, however, Germany, Federal Republic of Germany, signed this convention but did not ratify it. Therefore, it was not a party this convention. Uh, then the question was whether Article 6 of 
continental shelf convention was applicable this case to this case as a customary law. International Court of Justice denied the customary status of Article 6. Then what was customary law for delimitation of continental shelf? Court stated that uh, customary law at the time for delimitation of continental shelf was, I quote here, delimitation is to be effected by agreement in accordance with equitable principles, taking account of all the relevant circumstances in such a way as to leave as much as possible to each party all those parts of the continental shelf that constitute a natural prolongation of its land territory into and under the sea without encroachment on the natural prolongation of land territory of the other. End of quote. Quotation. Um, obviously, here uh, there are four elements. Uh, that is, delimitation by agreement, then equitable principles, relevant circumstances, and natural prolongation. This formula of customary law stated by International Court of Justice was in fact markedly different from that of Article 6 of Convention on Continental Shelf, which uh, included, among others, agreement, uh, equidistance or median line, and special circumstances. Although the International Court did not elaborate the meaning of such key concepts as equitable principles, relevant circumstances, or natural prolongation, it was quite clear that under the customary law, equidistance was not accorded any preferential status as it was under Article 6. So obviously here, uh, uh, there was a, a very substantial discrepancy between uh, conventional rule uh, and uh, customary rule uh, stated by International Court of Justice. This discrepancy between conventional rule and customary law uh, gave rise to substantial uncertainty and chaos about what should be applicable, applicable law in, for the delimitation of continental shelf boundary. Thus, uh, serious efforts have been made to adopt a universally acceptable rule for the delimitation of continental shelf uh, at uh, 3rd UN Conference on the Law of Sea, uh, which started uh, from early 1970s and was concluded in 1982. However, a search for such rule turned out to be very difficult. In fact, one of the most difficult tasks of the entire uh, conference on the Law of Sea. I have no time to explain in detail the legislative history of relevant provision. 
but at the end of the conference, Article 83 was adopted uh, for the delimitation of continental shelf uh, between states, and Article 74, which is uh, identical with Article 83, was also adopted on the, for the delimitation of exclusive economic zone. Uh, Article 83 provides that, again I quote here, the delimitation of continental shelf between states with opposite or adjacent coast shall be effected by agreement on the basis of international law as referred in Article 38 of the Statute of International Court of Justice in order to achieve an equitable solution." End of quotation. Keywords here are agreement uh, and equitable solutions. Uh, and there has been no reference to either equidistance or equitable principles. Uh, this provision was criticized by many as it did not provide any substantive normative standard or guideline for actual delimitation. Uh, it stated the goal to be achieved, uh, which is equitable solution. However, it was silent about how to achieve equitable solution. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, it was a product of uh, compromise uh, between two competing groups at the conference. Uh, one uh, proponent of uh, equitable principles, uh, the other uh, those of uh, equidistance. Uh, so, uh, although efforts has been made to find a universally acceptable rule for the delimitation of continental shelf or exclusive economic zone, uh, the result uh, uh, was uh, uh, rather disappointing because, uh, in a sense, uh, Article uh, 83 for uh, continental shelf uh, uh, and Article uh, 74 for exclusive economic zone was rather uh, empty uh, uh, provision uh, which, uh, which doesn't uh, provide us with any uh, substantive uh, guideline for delimitation. Therefore, the task to identify uh, or elaborate the process to achieve an equitable solution was left with state practice, uh, uh, scholarly works, and above all, uh, international courts and tribunals. In fact, uh, it was uh, through the decision of international or arbitral uh, tribunals and courts that international law on maritime boundary delimitation has been mostly developed and elaborated over the past four decades. So now let me uh, briefly touch upon uh, judicial decision, uh, how judicial decision have 
contributed to the development of uh, uh, international law on maritime boundary delimitation. Since the uh, International Court of Justice first decided continental shelf boundary delimitation back in 1969 uh, with North Sea continental shelf case, more than 15 uh, arbitral and judicial decisions have been devoted to delimitation of continental shelf or delimitation of both continental shelf and exclusive economic zone. No other issues have previously been paid such intensive attention in international adjudication. Indeed, uh, the subject of maritime boundary delimitation has been the most popular subject for international adjudication uh, in recent time. Uh, it is therefore very important to understand how jurisprudence has developed uh, over this matter. Again, um, I don't have enough time to elaborate uh, in detail how uh, courts uh, or tribunals' uh, jurisprudence have developed uh, uh, over uh, last four decades with respect to uh, maritime boundary delimitation. Let me, uh, however, um, um, point out some uh, outstanding trend uh, one cannot fail to notice uh, through those uh, decisions of uh, international or arbitral tribunals. Uh, the first one is uh, uh, kind of supremacy of equity or equitable principles. Equity is prime principle of delimitation. There is no question about that. Over and over, the court and tribunal affirmed and reaffirmed that equity or equitable principles are prime principle for the delimitation of maritime boundary. However, I must say that the content of equity is not certain. The second uh, trend uh, one can notice very clearly is equidistance, either strict or modified, is employed uh, most frequently in boundary delimitation. Uh, uh, Obviously, it remains to be seen whether equidistance is considered or treated as a method of pref preference. Uh, it remains to be seen that it remains to be seen whether equidistance has acquired uh, such status. But the fact is, equidistance has been employed most frequently in maritime boundary delimitation cases. Third, uh, therefore, geographical factors uh, such as coastal configuration, length of coast, presence of islands, and so on, are important factors to be considered in delimitation. On the other hand, geomorphological or geological factors such as uh, uh, seabed, uh, feature, irregular feature in the seabed, 
are largely irrelevant in delimitation. Uh, this, uh, if I may say so, uh, a rise of uh, geographical factors and decline of uh, geological or geomorphological factors have much to do with uh, transformation of the concept of uh, continental shelf. Uh, in the past, uh, before uh, UN Convention on the Law of Sea introduced a new definition of continental shelf uh, through Article 76, continental shelf was uh, uh, largely defined by uh, depths uh, or uh, exploitability or uh, by what court called natural prolongation of land territory. However, uh, Article 76 of UN Convention on the Law of Sea uh, defined uh, uh, continental shelf uh, very differently, uh, mostly by introducing so-called 200 uh, mile distance criterion. Now, uh, uh, coastal state is uh, allowed to have continental shelf up to 200 miles, regardless of uh, uh, nature of uh, seabed, geological or geomorphological nature of seabed. Therefore, uh, in the delimitation of continental shelf, in many cases, uh, geological or geomorphological factors are not uh, uh, relevant, whereas uh, the relative importance of uh, geographical factors uh, have become uh, much more enhanced. Fourth trend I can uh, say is uh, uh, to ensure the equitableness of the result. Court often uh, introduce a test of uh, proportionality, proportionality test. In other words, uh, proportionality between uh, length of uh, relevant coast and uh, area to be accorded by, uh, accorded to each state by delimitation. Uh, and also, courts sometimes introduce uh, 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 another test uh, based on non-geographical uh, factors uh, such as economic factors to uh, measure or evaluate the equity of uh, result. However, I must add that uh, this test is done uh, after uh, initial boundary is drawn and uh, uh, this test is a very exceptional nature unless uh, the result uh, arrived by application of uh, uh, equitable principle uh, was extremely, exceptionally unequal uh, in terms of uh, economic allocation uh, of resources. Uh, uh, such non-geographical factor uh, would not be applied as a test of equitableness. So um, uh, there is a test of uh, equitableness, uh, such as uh, proportionality, or such as uh, uh, 
dramatic uh, or catastrophic consequence as a result of delimitation, uh, but uh, these criteria are applied rather exceptionally. Uh, fifth uh, trend I can notice is uh, uh, court uh, uh, prefers uh, the drawing of a single boundary for uh, both continental shelf and exclusive economic zone. There is no inherent reason that a boundary for continental shelf uh, should always coincide with that for EEZ. However, uh, in reality, uh, court, uh, uh, court uh, found that uh, a single boundary for both uh, continental shelf and exclusive, exclusive economic zone is uh, uh, rather uh, 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 preferred. Sixth uh, trend, uh, and perhaps the last trend I can say is uh, uh, court's uh, discretion in boundary delimitation is still uh, quite large. Uh, and uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, there is uh, still uncertainty over what constitutes uh, relevant circumstances. We don't have any clear list of uh, relevant circumstances. Uh, and also, I must say, then uh, we don't have a uh, uh, clear idea uh, how much weight uh, should be given to uh, one relevant circumstance or another relevant circumstances. Here again, there is no clear rules about uh, weight to be, to be given to uh, relevant circumstances. This may be inherently very difficult to do so because uh, 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 each delimitation case has its own unique character, so one may not have uh, a general rule about uh, what should constitute relevant circumstances or uh, how much weight should be given to this or that uh, factors. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, in any way, uh, court discretion is uh, still quite large in boundary delimitation and as a result it is rather difficult to uh, make a, a prediction about uh, outcome of the uh, 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 course uh, uh, in dealing with the boundary delimitation. Uh, now uh, let me uh, uh, finally say uh, uh, one thing. While uh, uh, boundary delimitation, as I mentioned, can reduce or eliminate uh, any uncertainty over uh, exact uh, scope or extent of uh, national maritime zone of uh, uh, each state, uh, uh, one should not uh, have this idea that uh, uh, delimitation can solve all the problems. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, delimitation is not a panacea, uh, especially in a place where uh, natural resources, uh, living or non-living, straddle or lie across the existing or potential boundary, a more cooperative 
arrangement should be considered. Uh, in such case, uh, uh, if uh, uh, states uh, concerned uh, delimit the boundary and engage in competitive uh, exploitation of natural resources uh, on its side, uh, the result would be uh, maybe the wasteful exploitation of uh, natural resources which straddles uh, the boundary. Therefore, uh, in such case, uh, we can consider a kind of joint development or joint or cooperative development arrangement uh, in lieu of or in addition to maritime uh, boundary. So with or without a boundary in such case, a cooperative uh, arrange which would ensure optimal utilization of uh, natural resource is uh, highly encouraged. Uh, that is the uh, end of uh, my lecture and thank you very much.